This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, and we are here. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. It is a live show today, May the 26th, as we head into the Memorial Day weekend. And I hope you have a great weekend. Don't forget about those that made this weekend happen in the first place. Without our freedom, we wouldn't have this. Speaking of, John and Cheyenne, how are you, sir? Good afternoon, John. I'm well. How are you? I'm great. Is uh, So we've got, like, clouds that have moved in and a little stormy down here. What's it like up where you are in the uh, Wyoming, uh, you know, north of Cheyenne area? Um, it's about the same. The clouds yeah. came in. It was cloudy. It was foggy this morning. We had so much rain yesterday that as the sun started to come up, the fog just lifted ah. off the pastures. Like, you know how that goes. Yep. I, I'm assuming you're as green as we are. Oh, my gosh. I haven't – it's probably been five or six years since I've seen it this green. It's awesome. That that part – I mean, I'm ready for a little warmer weather, but I love this green. It's awesome. Oh, so do I. It's just like – I just hope we keep getting one or two rainstorms a week. Me too. For the next month or so. That'd be awesome. So it stays green. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Speaking of all of that, given the fact that we've got yep. – you know, in Colorado for – Really, this is for everybody listening, but we've also got a lot of folks, John, you know this, that are new to Colorado, new to our area. Some might even be passing through mm-hmm. right now as they're traveling to see loved ones or go camping or do whatever. So if you guys are listening to us and you've not heard us before, this is Ready Radio. We do this on a weekly basis. This is a show that really gets you ready for the what-ifs of life. Yes, we're sort of a preparedness show, but we talk about all sorts of things involving how to be prepared for most anything. I've got a program we do each day as well called Rush to Reason that's on from 3 to 6. You listen to that actually right after we're done here. And then we also have a couple of shows we do on Saturday, Fix It Radio and Drive Radio. So we really try to, John, as you know, try to help everybody in almost every facet of life. This one in particular, though, is to just have people prepared for whatever might come along. And you Last week suggested something that I thought, given that we're headed into the Memorial Day weekend, would be a great topic because there'll be a lot of folks out and about doing things, day hiking, overnight camping, you name it. There's a lot of things folks will be doing, and it never fails, John, whether it's in Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, any of the you know more mountainous states. We always find folks that go off into the woods. They can even go to the desert, but you know they'll go off into the woods where we are here in our mountain areas, and they're not super prepared or they're not prepared at all. And what they thought was going to be a nice leisurely afternoon hike turns into a crisis. Yep. And uh, most times search and rescue people, when they have to go out, that's one of the things they like always say is the person that they have to go looking for is usually the one that wasn't prepared. Yeah. And, and what we're trying to do here is not be – judgmental towards anyone but those of you that are listening please take heed of what we're saying even those of you that may be passing through maybe you're from one of the other surrounding states or even a distance away you might have even come from the west or east coast i have no idea john all sorts of people come here to to camp and Mm -hmm. fish and hike and do all sorts of things in our great mountains they could be on their way up to wyoming as well you could be passing through and listening to us that way Our, our point is we're not trying to be judgmental we want you 
to not be one of those statistics of where somebody search and rescue is out looking for you. And on top of that, we want you to come back safe and alive because, John, we also know every single year people come back or people come back not alive. I hate to say they come back in a body bag sometimes. We don't want that either. There was just a story in uh, Bridger uh, Teton National Forest. They found a guy after five years. Wow. They found his remains. Wow. Not yeah. good. It's just, it's, no. And he went out for, I think he was going for a day hike or something, or a backpack. Maybe he was going out for backpacking, and he disappeared. And they, they said they found him kind of off the trail. Maybe that's where he was looking to camp and something that they're not sure what happened yet. But, yeah, this was yeah. just on the radio wow. by the local station a couple of days ago. So it can happen to anybody. I always, when I go out on the trail, the first thing I say to myself is if I step in a hole and snap an ankle and can't get back out. What am I doing? Can I survive yep. until yep. Can I survive until somebody can get to me to help? That's right. And thank you for saying that, John, because really what we're trying to get to here is, for those of you, again, that are listening, is to make sure that you're not a statistic and things can happen. You're in the wilderness. You're in an area where, you know, in a lot of cases you're not used to it and not used to the surroundings. And you're in a, you know, hey, you can slip and fall at home and break something, John. So you definitely could do it when you're out in the wilderness. And we hear of those stories. I've known individuals where they were out hunting and these were guys that were rugged and really know their way around john but yet because of a heart attack which by the way can also happen you know things along those lines can crop up even for the best most well-prepared people things can happen is my point oh every time so you just have to you know the military taught us be prepared for what can happen not what will happen well, yeah. and I, I was talking to a client just, today about this, John, kind of on another topic, but it's also kind of Murphy's Law. The more prepared you yep. are, the least, you know, the lesser chance of something coming up is also going, you know, is going to happen. In other words, it, it never fails, whether it's in business or personal life, in the situation we're talking about right now. The more prepared we are, it sort of fends off those other things from happening, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. If you're ready for it, then you don't worry about it as much. Good if you point. say, all right, if I fall in a hole, I can survive overnight until search and rescue finds me or gets to me. Okay, so let's, we've got a list for, for all of you listening. And it's, a, it's not a – I want to make, make sure I say this on the front side too, John. This is you and I putting some things together. This is not a exhaustive list. You may find some things where you want to add to our list. And by the way, if you are listening mm-hmm. and you find there's something that maybe we should add to this list for everybody else out there listening, please send us a text message, 307 307- 200-8222. That's an easy way to add to the list. Uh, you're welcome to call in as well, but it's always harder when we've already got somebody on the line, which John is. So we're going to go through a list. Now, John, before we get started on your list, one thing I wanted to make mention of being uh-huh. being the car guy that I am is there's going to be a lot of people out where they've sure. got a newer four-wheel drive or they bought this or that, or and they think because of the ads they've seen, they can pretty much do anything they see in the ad. So they can go rock climbing. They can forge water. They can do this. They can do that. And the reality is, and I'm, folks, I mean this as sincerely as I can, unless you have a ton of experience and in some case a modified vehicle, a lot of what you see even in those ads is not going to take place with the car you're driving. Am I right, John? Oh, I agree. And I, you know, I live kind of out in the middle of nowhere and 
I have many a time I'll look at that road up to the house and step out and see that snow's too deep, and I'll be like, yeah, well, it's time to walk. Yep. <laughs> because, you know. Know your yeah, limitations. I'd walk than get stuck. That's right. It's always hard to work getting unstuck. That's right. And, and folks, again, on the now, typically, there, you know, you don't often find John where if there's a disabled vehicle that people, you know, are are found, you know, dead and things along those lines. That's not typically the case. But again, the last right. thing you want to do is tear something up, have extensive repairs. Which for all of you listening, I pr- thought this is probably well known, John. But if you're off of the, you know, pavement. And you're four wheeling, and you have a, a you know something that happens, even if it's on a new vehicle under warranty. John, they're not covering that under warranty typically. Now, if it's a faulty part or something, yeah, maybe they will, maybe they won't. In, in most cases, though, John, you're forging water, and the intake sucks in water, and the engine's destroyed. You're not going to get that warrantied. Is my point? Yeah, and I don't think most insurance will cover that either, unless you've with special coverage on it for that. Correct. So this could be very costly. So my point is, and we're going to get into this, know where you're going, know how you're going to get there and come back, and know the limitations of, we'll get into the personal side in a moment, John, of what you're personally able to do, but also know the limitations of your vehicle, know the trail, know where you're going, what's it like, Mm -hmm. are you going to be able to make it in and out without doing extensive damage to the vehicle and or having it stuck and now you're walking in and out, which this leads into the list we're going to get into, because even if you're not planning a day hike, but you're just up four-wheeling, all of what we're going to talk about, John, applies to even that scenario. When you're not, you may not ever get out of the vehicle, this list still applies. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you have this stuff in a backpack or in, in, a, in a bag in your car, you're, you're just as safe as if you had it on your back walking. Right. Okay. So let's get started. Number one that you had on the list is, in fact... That bag. So what kind of a bag? And I realize if you're going to be in the car, it could be one bag. If you're going to be out hiking, it's another. But mm-hmm. what should we have? Even even on just, it's a sunny afternoon. We're going to go on a two-hour day hike. It looks absolutely gorgeous out. But what should we still have on our back? Uh, a day pack or a fanny pack. Some people just don't like straps on their shoulders. But they make some nice fanny packs that can hold water bottles and hold some basic safety equipment. I like a day pack. The um, for people who don't know, they measure backpacks in liters, anywhere okay. from five to. Uh, if you look at like a an Arctic bag, it's eighty five liters, okay. which is tremendous. Okay, twenty to thirty liters is your average day pack. You can fit everything you need in there comfortably. Okay, um, just preparing for this, I swung through because you don't have to spend a lot of money. That's the other thing. I swung through the sporting goods section in Walmart. You could pick up a 30-liter day ba- uh, backpack with the hydration platter already in it for about $40. And, and explain, and for a lot of folks listening, I know what that hydration bladder is. Most listening okay. may or may not know what that is, so explain the hydration bladder. A hydration bladder is anywhere from a liter and a half to three-liter water bag that has a hose on it. So you mount the bladder inside your pack it usually has a little hook and it hangs in there and it comes out of your pack through a hole over your shoulder the the, 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 the rubber straw hand. basically comes out and goes over your shoulder it, right yeah it's it, yeah it's a it's a tube okay and there we the go end of the tube you'll have a you'll have a bite valve and on the bite valve you know 
there might be an on-off switch. Some have, some do, some don't. There might, but you just, it's on your shoulder. So instead of having to reach around for a water bottle or whatever, you just take a drink. Some people love their hydration bladders. I have a cousin who's a through hiker that despises them. He will not use one. Why? He uses water bottles. Why so is that? Part, huh? He just, he says he doesn't get enough water through it in one big drink. He likes ah, to take a big gulp of water. But, I see. So everybody's different. It's yeah. personal preference. I personally like and, them because I know, think they pack better, and the way they disperse the weight out on your mm-hmm. back makes it not as obtrusive of having a couple of water bottles in the pack. But again, to your to your point, John, to each his right. own. And, right. And in the winter, um, if you're out, and that pack, that that bladder can stay might not freeze right because it's feeling the heat coming off your back right the other thing is i knew a guy i knew a guy in the army that used to fill his up with ice in the summer yep just to keep him cool on his I, back. I, i'm so, that guy I, it, i've done like that said, and the ice is going <laughs> to melt and so you're still not really dispersing much you know you might lose a little bit of no. water when it's all said and done but by the time it's all melted you're in good shape no absolutely so that brings us to number two on the list water okay at least one liter. The average human needs between three and four liters of water a day. So if you're going out for, say, a five-mile hike, I'd bring two to three liters. I, I would, I, yeah, I, I would, too. I, I'm kind of a water hog, if you would, John. I, I, you know, I perspire right. more than probably the average person does, so I need a little more. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I do, and I learned this from uh, – uh, an online video I saw, but it works, is in the mornings. Like, say, we're, go- we're going out tomorrow morning. I'll try to drink a liter of water just before I even hit the trail. Good idea. They call it cameling up. Yeah. So you're already fully hydrated before you start. Great idea. Great idea. Now, yeah. I also, and this is a note to, again, keeping in mind the wide range of audience we have listening to us. I'm also, and I'll mm-hmm. get your opinion of this, John, but... I'm not a big fan of adding anything to that water. I really am not a big fan of putting electrolytes and a lot of other stuff in it. You're going to perspire, and you're going to run through what's there anyways that don't go to the extra expense and all of that. Now, if you're just not a water drinker and you want to have a little taste, I guess knock your socks off. But I'm just a straight water guy when you're doing this, John. Yeah, I'm a water guy, too, on day hikes. On backpacks, when it's going to be multiple days, I'll bring some uh, some additives, some uh, electrolyte stuff, because you're out extra days. Correct. And, you know, what you're eating, you want that but extra. But I'm guessing but you're adding hike, that at that time you're drinking it, your bladder or your container is still fresh water, right? Yep. I'm just adding it to the water. Yeah, I don't and and really the quick, bladder. the other reason I usually, why I, I suggest not adding anything to your bladder or your bottles or whatever on a bladder especially can pick up the taste of whatever you put in. So that's one reason not to put it right. in a bladder. But number two, if you ever had a situation where you've got a cut or a scrape or something and you're looking to clean that wound out, I don't want water with a bunch of contaminants yeah. in it. I just want straight water, John. Yep. And you you got to be – just one thing I learned, you got to be a little careful in our mountains. If you're going to clean out like a cut or something – in a stream or creek. Yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying water. that, John. Be careful of that. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> if you, yeah, it may look super clean, but it may not be. 
Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, yeah, for John, for a lot of folks that are, that, again, maybe coming to Colorado, maybe even for the very first time, mm-hmm. another uh, rule. This isn't a thought. This is a rule for all of you listening. Unless you are at the headwaters of the stream and you can see exactly where it's coming out of the mountain, I would never, ever drink water out of a stream. Now, when I was a kid, you could do it almost as much as you wanted to because we had different situation some 40, you know, 40 plus years ago, John. In today's world, with everything we've got yeah. going on, the animals and so on, it is just number one recommendation. Do not drink straight out of a stream, period. Nope. Not without filtering or boiling it. Yep. You're liable to have, uh, let's just call it the trots after that, John, if you're not careful. And in some cases, it can, you know, that, that also gets into a whole other conversation of you get dehydrated and all sorts of other things can happen. So just don't drink. Mm-hmm. I don't care how clean and clear and fresh and crisp and everything it looks, do not drink it. Now, it, unless you have a, an ability, and this is way down on the list, but we can talk about it right now, to filter that water or to uh, purify it. Which we'll talk about, but yeah, I, I thank you. Yeah. Because we, you, my point is, again, for a lot of folks that may just be coming to Colorado for the first time, uh, you know, you wouldn't drink water mm-hmm. near your home, uh, typically in, in lower elevations. Uh, the same is true in our mountains. Even though it's going to look a lot clearer and a lot fresher, and you're thinking, oh, you know, I've seen the Coors ads. It's that Rocky Mountain spring water. Well, why can't I drink it? Well, because a lot of it has Girardi in it, and you just don't want to drink it, John. Uh, yeah, you always ask you, you, yourself the question, what animals upstream went into right. that water? That's and right. what did they do in that water? That's right. So be careful. Do not do that. I mean, that is, John, like the ultimate last resort. And, again, we're going to have mm-hmm. other things in our pack that will allow us to do that if need be. Right. But the other thing, too, for a lot of you that are from lower elevations, keep this in mind. The John, I want to make sure that we're accurate on this. You and I are recommending the water carrying and usage for those of us that live at this elevation and are used to it. If you're coming from sea level or even a thousand foot or so above sea level, John, you could almost add a 50% ratio to what we're talking about as far as what you and I need for water for somebody coming from a lower elevation. So if you know you and I can get by with a liter, yep. somebody from sea level needs a liter and a half. Yeah, or two. Or two. Um, and and that's and they say that's one of the biggest things that'll bring on altitude sickness is dehydration. That's right. Because they're not you, you guys are from the lower levels. I'm not not making fun of you. You're just not used to the elevation we have here. That's all. No, Your body's no, not used not. to it and, is probably what yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've covered so, the water. Also, we're, we're up real quick. We're up against a break. Hang tight, John. We'll take a break. We'll come go back. Ahead. We got a lot more yep. to cover. Nobody go anywhere. And by the way, if some of you have questions on any of this or you want to add to our list, please send me a text message and we'll get that added in as well. The text line 307 200 307 200 8222. Don't forget Stack Optical. Anything you need, even an eye exam, Stack can help you. And as we talk about all the things that are going to be in your pack, of course, eye care and having the proper eyewear is a big, big deal. You want to make sure you have sunglasses on, especially the altitude that we have. Those Again, those of you that are at lower elevations coming up, you got to protect your eyes. Stack Optical has the ability to make custom frames, lenses, anything you need to fit your specific need 
And again, for those of you who are talking about sort of that prepper end of the world type stuff, you need to have some extra sets of things and Stack Optical can help you with all of that. So call Alan today, 303-321-1578. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. Summer hailstorms have returned with a bang, leaving roofs across the front range in need of repair or replacement. You need to know what options will be best for your home. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners maintain their roofs through hail or shine. We work with any insurance company to get your damaged roof the replacement it needs. However, if you are looking to get more life out of your current roof, we also offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. If you think your roof has been a victim of hail, contact us to set up your free inspection and receive an honest evaluation about the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916 or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep a durable roof over your head. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. All right, we are back, Ready Radio. For those of you traveling, if you want to know more about our program, what we do each week, and even listen to some past episodes, go to ready-radio.com or ready-radio.com, and you can listen to everything there as well. Okay, John, you want to add anything else to the water topic? No, I, I think we've covered that. Okay, which, which for a lot of you listening, it sounds like we spent, which we did, a lot of time on that, but that's a big deal, John, because if you don't have that one ingredient of everything else we're going to talk about that's the in a lot of cases that's a big one you've got to have that dialed in yeah if you don't have water you're it's going to make 
and you get into a survival situation, you're in trouble. That's right. Yeah. So that, that that's why we that's why we started there because that's a big 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 deal. Now, so is everything else yep. on this list? But you could have everything else on this list and no water, and you're still going to be in trouble. Is my point, John? Absolutely. Agreed. All right. Talk about 100%. navigation. That's a big one. You you are as familiar yeah. with this as I am. There's a lot of great tools out now, but there's still the old-fashioned compass and a map. Talk to us about navigation. I always try, if I'm going out into a wilderness area, to have a map. I'll spend the $8, $10, 12 on a map of the area okay. just to have it because if I'm there once, I'm going to go again. I've got like I've got the uh, a couple of maps of the Mount Zirkel Wilderness uh, because we go in there a lot to backpack. And a map will help you, but you have to know how to use it. Yes, you go to YouTube and learn basic navigation, but if you've never done it, uh, it's it's a little harder. But even having a map and a compass that you maybe oh we're here and you shoot the compass, you can help yourself get out of trouble. Right. A GPS device, I. I have a Garmin E-Trex. It's an older model. It's got the. Uh, it's got all the trails for the lower 48 on it. It works, so that's fine. But in today's day and age, there are probably a hundred different apps that you can download for navigation and maps. There's uh, my favorite on the one you can download is called All Trails, and it's got every trail on it, and it's free. To look at, use, plan your hike. If you want the map, you can either uh, sign up for a membership, and I can't remember what it, I don't have one because I have the other equipment. But you right. can get memberships on all right. of these different things. Right. Um, occasionally, if you're in the right location, because your Google Map doesn't work off of shell; it works off of a different way. You could turn Google Map on, and it'll come up on your True. phone. True. True. And it might it'll show you where you are. Be quick, John. There's some people that are more directionally challenged than others. If you find yourself to be that person that is kind of always struggling to know, okay, where am I and how am I getting out? It's really important for you to have some of these items that John. I mean, we all need them, but John, if you're really directionally challenged, you've got to have these items. Oh yeah, and and with navigation goes in. If you go for a day hike, plan it the day in advance. Yep. Look at it, say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Here's a trailhead, plan it, you know. Yep. Um, I've already got my my summer five-night backpack planned. You okay. know, plan it. Have it. I, I, the map I have was, uh, is uh, plastic-coated, waterproof, and I here you go, old school. I took a grease pencil and marked the trail and marked where we're going to camp each Nice. Day. Now, I want to add I mean, one more thing to these, a... <laughs> these devices as well because yeah. most of them now are – Rechargeable, and especially if you're one of those directionally challenged people. I want, I'm going to add something to John's list, and that is they make these small little uh, they're charge packs. They'll give you one full charge out of a pack. Some of them are the size of a credit card. Uh, they're very they're very lightweight and inexpensive now. There's also solar chargers. But my point, John, is if even for an afternoon, if you because here again, if you get lost and all of a sudden you're having to have people find you. Having an extra device to charge that device that you're relying on to find yep. your way around, I think, is important as well. Absolutely. And one of the things that I do as soon as we get ready to head out on the trail, because you can probably lose cell service, is I put my phone in airplane mode. So yeah, it uses less battery. Off, That's right. But I'm not – way less battery. Yep. But you don't have to turn it off. Good point. So um, – Good point. 
yeah, that's navigating, getting around. That's the biggest thing. Um, if you're in, if you're going to a national forest, national park, something like that, stop at the ranger station on the way in if it's open. They might and ask them, what's the conditions of the trail today? I'm going to do this trail. Is it is it open? Can mm-hmm. I get through? What mm-hmm. are we seeing? That's right. And then um, usually the other thing at the trailhead, and it, it will go with navigation, is you'll have a little clipboard inside a box where you can sign in, date, time, how many in your party. Good point. Sign in because if you don't come out, that they're going to go to that first and say, okay, they signed in at this time. How, where could they be, you know, the search and rescue people? So I just added that to my list. No, that's a good one, by the way. I, I'm going to add one more thing in between yep. here and our, our next topic as well. And this is, again, for me personally, this is sort of a navigation aid for me. I'm not directionally challenged, so I can have a compass, a map, and a small pair of binoculars. And, John, I don't necessarily need anything else because the binoculars will assist you in some of the markers, if you would, and how far are you from things and where is that trail going and so on. For me personally, I can get a lot of navigation done through a pair of binoculars and a high point. Yeah, and I didn't put that down, but... There are, my wife carries the binoculars on okay. her pack when we there go, you go. together. It's, it's, for a lot of you listening, it's just <laughs> yeah. a really, you know, A, there's, and by the way, there's all sorts of things they can come in handy, including, hey, I, I did get lost or I did have a problem. Is somebody coming? I see some movement. What is it? You know, there's all sorts of things you can do with those. It's just a seeing aid is probably the best way to say it, John. Yep, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about sun protection. Again, for folks so, coming from the lower at, elevation, this is key. If at our altitude, you can get sunburn really fast, and you could get sunburned to the point where you're might be in the emergency. You're room sick, getting it treated. That's so, right. Yeah, you're ill. So first thing is they make today clothing with uh, SPF like protection, SPF fifty clothing. That's right. That's yeah. right. But, so you can. If, if, and it's, that's usually, you know, what, what they call in the hiking and camping world, technical clothes that are designed to wick moisture away from your skin at the same time. And I wear a sun hoodie a lot, but even if I'm not wearing the sun hoodie, the next one is a hat. Cover your head, hat with a, a ball cap's fine, or I, I use a, I'm kind of follically challenged, so I use a hat with a brim. You know what I mean, yep. John? Yep. <laughs> and that, and if you've never, well, and that's a, the, the hat with the brim. And I, if you're out in the in the sun, full sun, even though I'm not follically challenged, John, I still wear a full brim just because it keeps the sun off of your ears, your neck, your forehead, and so on. It's just a good idea to have not just a ball cap on. Yep. Is my point. Yep. And if you're going to do a ball cap, remember, if you're going to do a ball cap and leave it open sunblock only lasts so long if you're sweating so reapply that's a good point carry it with you reapply what i like to carry on the trail is the sunblock in the stick like a stick deodorant yep that just rubs on because then you don't have to worry about it leaking that's right it's easy to put on it's it's uh Um, it's convenient is probably the best way to say that and a lot of those too john have the ability where you can even hook them on your backpack where they don't necessarily even have to be buried inside Right, or you, yeah, depending on what kind of pack you have, you know, there's always a spot. I like a pack, going back to the top, I like a pack with what they call a hood or a brain that has a little zip yep. so you can get right to that stuff that you need really quick. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just 
sunglasses. Good pair of sunglasses. They come in handy. Um, and as like we've learned from Alan Stack, I just talked about him a moment ago, Stack Optical. Yeah. Polarized sunglasses, guys. That's mm-hmm. key because they filter out the UV that's harmful to your eyes. And to John's point earlier, especially some of you that are going to be out hiking, you know, maybe you want to get a 14er in or something along those lines. The higher up mm-hmm. you go, the closer to the sun you are. Yep. The other thing I like, and I got it, it was like five bucks, is the thing that hangs the sunglasses where you could drop them off and they just hang around your neck. Yep, the lanyards. So you got to do some. Yeah, the lanyards, like the lady in the library wore when we were yep, kids. Yep, got to have that. Um, They're so handy because to your point, and, you know, all of a sudden you want to yeah. take your glasses off and wipe your face off or you, you're going to bend mm-hmm. over and do something and you don't need your glasses on. You're going to look through your binoculars, whatever the case may be. Your glasses yeah, never really leave your body. They're just hanging there. Yep, and they it's just so you know right where they are when you need to put them back on. Yep. The other thing, too, about the hat, too, that I wanted to mention, and, and I know there's a lot of folks listening where in the summertime you may use a mesh cap on top. You know, that's, that's fine. But for a lot of you, keep in mind, if you get to a point where all of a sudden something happens and you're spending the night, having something on your head will help you stay warmer as well. Yep. And that just takes us right to the next subject. Insulation. Insulation. So yesterday, I'll give you a prime example. I went out after work, and I went for, I got a close-by place, and we went for a couple-mile hike just to stretch our legs. I'd worked all day. You know how that goes. Right. By the time we got home, the storm rolled in. It It went from 68 degrees to 47 degrees in less than an hour when that storm came overhead and dumped on us. There you go. It was, you know. So if you've never had that happen to you in the mountains, it is insane how Yep. once that storm comes through, how cold it gets. So what are you going to carry? Rain gear. Rain gear, whether it's a rain jacket and pants or a rain poncho, but rain gear. Um, going to throw a bone out to Walmart. They have a brand, and this brand is used by lots of hikers. It's called Frog Togs. Okay. Have you seen them? I have you know, not. I'm looking it up right now. You can get you can get a rain suit for twenty dollars. What's that? What's the brand again, John? Frog Togs. Frog Togs. Okay, I'll look it up and put it in our link. Yep. Okay. Um, and you get a you get a rain set for twenty dollars, and for tw- for peace of mind of twenty dollars. Here's the other thing: people don't realize if the mosquitoes are out. Oh, good point. Real bad. Your rain suit we'll keep them from getting through maybe your clothing because mm-hmm. it's, you know, mm-hmm. so that's something you can, you know, especially, but if you, you know, if you want to carry a poncho or whatever, but just because it was sunny at 10 o'clock when you hit the trail, yep. as we know from living in the mountains, by 2.30 it could be downpouring. John, I've been backpacking up in the mountains in the middle of July where you're up, you know, it happens to be the uh-huh. flat tops, but I've been up there to where in the middle of July it snows. So for a lot of you listening where you think, oh, well, it's a really nice day outside. I'm not going to need anything. Uh, yeah, think again. Uh-huh. Uh, middle of August up in uh, northern Wyoming, I got up uh, one morning. It was 30 degrees. So. Yep. It can happen. Yeah. So, and yeah, was, d- don't, don't it, let the nice it, weather it, fool you is probably the best way to say it. Absolutely. Okay, so we so, got the rain gear. What else should we have just to make sure that we're safe in case something we, happens and we got to spend the night? Either a fleece or a puffy jacket. Um, if you have a puffy jacket with a hood, they 
packed down to nothing, yep. and they weigh almost nothing. And you can pick them up for a decent price in most places. Um, a puffy jacket is always better. But if you don't have one, uh, a zip fleece with a hood or something. The other thing, if you're going out like tomorrow or you're going out in the end of October, throw a knit cat and a pair of gloves in yep. your pack, Agreed. whether they're fleece gloves. Just throw it in your pack. What? How much does it, you, you know, what is it going to hurt? Nothing. And if you're... If you're out on the trail and that storm goes through and it drops by 20 degrees, even though you might not spend the night, it might be cold enough where you'll be like, okay, I'm going to swap out. I'm going to put my cap on to keep my head warm. Correct. Keep my ears warm. Correct. You know, because yep. at altitude. So, yeah, that, you know, just think about if it drops down a, say it's a 75 degree day, what happens if it drops down to 45? You have what you need in your pack to yep. stay warm until you get up back off the trail. Well, especially if you've fallen and now you can't walk and now you are spending the night and you're stuck yeah. where you're at, that even gets worse because there's no way to keep your body temperature up, John. Nope. Not, not, no, not without having some layers to put on. That's right. And if you, yep, so. Okay. Um, How do we next, see now? What, what about thing, like having a, what kind of flashlight do you recommend? What should we have with us as far as that goes? You could, you know, you could pick up, oh, one of the flashlights I love, and it was, I got it in the Walmart as seen on TV, the tack light. Have okay. you ever seen that one? I have. It's, it's, a, it's like a small mag light, but the thing is incredibly bright, and it doesn't weigh a whole lot. It fit in your pack, fit in your, you know, anywhere. You could stick it in your pocket if you wanted to. I'm, I prefer a headlamp because that gives me both hands free. And you could pick up a headlamp for anywhere from 15 to, yep. I mean, if you want to go all out, $150, I don't. My headlamp uh, is rechargeable, but it also can work on three AAA batteries. I could, the, the battery pack that's rechargeable, I could take out and put batteries in if I didn't have the ability to recharge it. Nice. So a good headlamp, and that comes in handy all the time. If you have it in your car and you yep. need to change a flat tire, yep. there you go. Yep. It's a lot easier to do it with two free hands. Yep. No, those those are super, um, super handy just to honestly have, even just have one kicking around inside the house. There's all sorts of uses. You're doing a little plumbing yeah. under the sink or whatever the case may be. The headlamps are a game changer. Just, oh, yeah. Uh, that's what I carry um, on most of our backpacking trips is we each have a headlamp. And the other nice thing is when you're camping – when you go to bed, you drop it around your neck. You don't leave it on your head. Right. But if you got to get up in the middle of the night, you know where your light is. You're not looking for your light. Okay. First aid. What do we need when it comes right. to first aid? You know, your basic first aid kit you could find in any gear shop, outdoor store, Walmart, Sierra Trading Post. $10, $15. It'll have everything in there you need for the basics. I mean, if you want to go a whole hog, you can get a backpacking medical kit spend 40 50 dollars but the basic things band-aids maybe some moleskin um one of the tricks and it, i have it in my first aid kit and this old hiker taught me this is if you feel yourself starting to get a hot spot on your foot you could put like a body glide and what he told me is what he used and this was some old timer desitin remember you used yep. that on the chafing on the yeah, kids? that's right that's right a little a little bit of this Desitin 
works just like a body glide or something on a hot spot on your mm-hmm. foot, so mm-hmm. you don't make it worse. And, and, a tr- and really quick, a trick to carrying where... some of those types of products to where you maybe don't want to carry the whole tube, and someone just a trick that I found, John, over the years, because I wear mm-hmm. contacts, and if anybody, any of you know right. that wear contacts or you've got a family member that does, there's always these little contact cases people have kicking around. In fact, I usually throw a bunch away every year, John, because you just end up with so many of yeah. them. They just start to become <laughs> a nuisance. But they work really well for putting any kind of a liquid or a paste in because literally they will seal tight. You can throw them in that first aid kit and have, you know, you could have one side of it with desitin and the other side with some Neosporum, for example. <laughs> yep. They work perfect. Um, so, yeah, that, that something like that or they make those uh, little, little Ziplocs that are like the size of a matchbook. Yes, yes. If you wanted to, that, those work. We use those like on the trail to carry our vitamins and stuff for multi-day backpacks, you know, because we don't want to get Dr. Kelly mad at us, so we carry our, you know, our vitamins. Right. But we put a day's worth in, in with our, that day's food, and you just seal them up in one of those little bags. Um, that's the other thing, just why we're here. If you want to make sure your stuff stays dry and clean, put it in a Ziploc. Yep, that's right. Put it, Or if you want to spend a little money, you can get a little dry bag, which works the same as a Ziploc. And you have a bag, like all my first aid gear and stuff ha- is in a Great little idea. bag yep. that I can go. F- I can go from my day pack to my um, backpack, and it's just everything that I need for is in that little bag, and it just goes from one to the other. Which goes um, into the next in the topic, which is having the fire starters and matches and so on. Same idea mm-hmm. there as well, right. right? Yep, I keep that in that same bag, and I keep both. I have a big lighter. You know, yep. What do they cost? A buck, Nothing. buck and a half. That's right. But I also I picked up I picked up uh, strike anywhere matches at Murdoch's. Okay. You know what we used to call the old cowboy matches. Yep. yep. <laughs> and if you go to the pharmacy in any pharmacy and ask them for a tall pill bottle, they fit in perfect and it seals up. Good point. Yep. Great idea. And so you, and then you can. They have a hundred different kinds of fire starters. You can make your own. Um, some way to start a fire, but you, that's for when you're not going to get out that night. You need to make a fire to keep yep. yourself warm. Yep, agree. All right, talk about the repair. Uh, you know, repair kit and or having need, tools to where if you needed to repair something, you could. Right. So either a Swiss Army knife, the Camper is a good one, twenty twenty five bucks anywhere, or a Leatherman. I know a lot of people don't like Leatherman, but for the trail, They're it fine. has pretty much everything yeah, you need. Yeah, they, they, would, they would get you yep. by if you had to use it. Yep. Uh, for, you know, maybe you get a strap break on your pack and you got to do something. or And that's where the next thing, which I put, is duct tape. Yep. So <laughs> it fixes up just about everything. Well, that, what, what you do is just take your – if you're using a trekking pole – Instead of carrying a whole bunch, just wrap five or six feet around around your pole. Yep. And then you always have it with you. Yep. And it's an easy location. It doesn't go away. So that's what I look at. As, I agree. And, and, know, and, and by the way, if you think you need a little more, that's one idea. If you want to put a little bit around one of the straps on your backpack. Again, there's all sorts of places you can yep. put. And for a lot of you listening, yeah. keep this in mind, too. You don't have to use the full width of the duct tape. In some cases, you could even quarter it out if you want to. It'll tear into quarters, and you could even wrap a quarter yep. 
as far as that you know quarter width as far as far as that goes you know 10 feet of a quarter width around several different things or whatever just having some of that available yep. if something were to happen is key yep okay. i agree john you know just having that because it could fix anything that's right so the next one if you're going out for more than a just bring some snacks or food um, we usually like for a day hike, we'll eat breakfast and then bring a sandwich and some snacks. Okay. You know, so you're eating on the trail, just, you know, remember to pack it in, pack it out. But, you know, whatever you like to bring on the trail, but just, you know, protein bars are good or whatever brand. I just, to, I like going to the stores that have like the bulk barrels of, nuts and yep. fruit and yep. stuff like that because then make you your make own. your own trail mix yeah and, make your own and then this way if there's something you don't like you don't have to put it in that's right now so, and on the same token some, though i will just, say this too when you're on the trail you haven't had anything and you're hungry you'll eat anything so don't worry about that either by the way pretty much pretty much <laughs> but if you bring stuff that you like you might eat more. that's a good point it's <laughs> a great point no and, and you're and what um, you're saying there is you know there's things in in the in that trail mix it's high in protein there's some sugar to give you yep. some energy I and mean, there's just things in there that are going to help you some of the Fat. nuts are salty you need the salt to keep some water in there's all sorts of things in that trail mix to, that are going to benefit you in that case john mm-hmm. oh absolutely but you know i don't like peanuts and they don't like me so i will mix peanuts and i'll do cashews gotcha. or pecans or something like that gotcha you know different kinds of you know so take what you like so uh next thing because i know we're running up here yep, you're fine we got about five minutes and we'll roll right along but go ahead you're fine okay so an emergency think about if you got to do an emergency shelter so what i did is i found in i think it was sierra trading post they called it an emergency poncho which is just a cheap poncho i think it was two bucks a sp- space blankets are like two bucks and yeah, they're cheap you can buy a five pack of space blankets for like seven or eight bucks on anywhere john amazon yeah. walmart wherever yeah Right. And then the last thing is some parachute cord, a yep. 550 cord, just some cordage, 20, 25 feet of it. And you wrap it all together and you put it in that little ditty bag that I usually carry all the stuff in with the first aid kit and everything. And it's just in there. And you're never probably going to use it. But if you have to, and if you have trekking poles, it makes it even easier. But if you don't, you could take that poncho and make a lean-to with a space blanket and a fire in front of it, and that'll yep. keep you alive till the next day. That's right. And that's the, that'll keep you alive. Um, so, the, I mean, it, is it, if it weighs a half a pound for all that stuff, is it worth your peace of mind yes. to carry an extra half a pound? Yes, which the next <laughs> one kind of goes along Me with too. that as well. Having a little hand sanitizer and some toilet paper with you is also key. You've got to have that also. Well... Yeah, and you know, I it's some people are gross and don't respect other people. If you have to, if you're out on the trail and you have to have a bowel movement, get off the trail. Yep. Dig a cat hole. Yep. Find find a stick, dig a hole, do your business, cover it back up. Right. Right. Not hard. Remember, other people are there too. Right, and other people are using it. That's right. So, so, so be respectful of the others as well. So, all right, we got uh, trekking poles next. Now, this is kind of personal preference, so you got to do your own thing on this. Right. Everybody's different when it comes to that. Right, and if you're doing a lot of up and downhill, they help because 
they keep your balance on a steep downhill, and they'll also help you work up a uh, steeper uphill. Right. I found a set like five years ago at Costco for they were like thirty dollars. I think they're up to forty. They're carbon fiber. The two of them weigh less than a pound, and these things are great. Yep, they help a ton. And so <laughs> I love them. Yep. You don't have to use them. But the other thing, if you have your trekking poles and you've got to make a lean-to, now you've got some That's right. way to keep it up That's right. on the front. That's right. Um, and then there's – and then everything – let's skip the next one and go to the – if you're bringing your dog out on the trail with you, bring a leash. Yep. Not everybody's going to want to be around your dog. True. The other thing is there's a lot of, it, you, you know, if you go into the National Forest, it says dog must be leashed or under voice command. But if I'm going down the trail with my dog on a leash and your dog's off the leash and he don't listen to you, and then I got to deal with maybe your dog and my dog not getting along. So just put him on a leash. Respectful of everybody else. I agree. Yeah. You also have um, a list on here of, you know, make sure you can treat their paws and have a bowl for water right. with them as well. Yes. And by the way, mm-hmm. you can put a pack on the dog and let him carry his own stuff if you want. Well, and when we go backpacking, he carries everything of his own. There you go. But when we go out on day high, you know, because, yep. and, you know, it works that paw treatment we use in the winter, too, yep. to keep the ice from forming in his pads. Nice. So, and it's, you can get it on Amazon. I got a big jug of it on Amazon. I have a little container. That I added, you know, like we talked about, transfer from the big jug to the little jug. All right, I'm going to leave it at that, John. We've got more hours to come. Those of you listening, we do this every Friday from 2 to 3. You can always listen to a replay show, by the way, on ready-radio.com. John from Cheyenne, thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate it, sir. Have a good weekend, You do, too. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. And, uh, guys, we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Summer hailstorms have returned with a bang, leaving roofs across the front range in need of repair or replacement. You need to know what options will be best for your home. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners maintain their roofs through hail or shine. We work with any insurance company to get your damaged roof the replacement it needs. However, if you are looking to get more life out of your current roof, we also offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. If you think your roof has been a victim of hail, contact us to set up your free inspection and receive an honest evaluation about the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916 or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep a durable roof over your head. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? 
maybe some prescription sunglasses, will look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right, since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. All right, Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Welcome back. Big thanks to John from Cheyenne for putting that list together. I do appreciate that very much. And then, you know, joining me during this last hour or so to do that. Somebody asked, will we put this list up on the website? Yes, producer Ann will put a post up that has all of this and even some of the links that John and I talked about, you know, where to buy some of these things and so on. One thing that we didn't get to that I'll just add quickly is if you can and put this in your pack and they're kind of expensive so this is if you can now most of the modern iphones already have this built in so if you're an iphone user with some of the latest software and the latest hardware you've already got this covered that's a personal locator beacon the newer iphones actually have the ability to communicate to a satellite and even tell people who you are they'll call emergency services let them know what's going on and so on that's a feature of the new iphone so if you've got a newer iphone You've already got that. If not, there are personal locator beacon devices that you can buy. Uh, Garmin, Mini, Zolio, Spot, you name it. They can help you in multiple ways that way. And even some of them have the ability for you to communicate via satellite without having a full sat phone for a fraction of the price of what a full sat phone would cost. Now, lastly, and I was going to throw this into the list, and this is a personal preference, but this is me. I believe it's probably John as well. I don't go hiking and off in the woods, period, without a gun. It's just me. Between animals that I don't want to have to dink around with and, and, and manage to people that could be very nefarious out on the trail, Uh, I mean, I have in Colorado here, we've got story after story of individuals being out in the woods, being abducted and having problems with 
with uh, would-be troublemakers, if you would, murderers even, serial killers, to where I'm not going in the woods not having a gun on me. So I, I prefer a pistol. And I think you need to have at least a 9 millimeter or above caliber. That's me. Again, you got to do what you need to do. Some people feel very comfortable with that. I know others don't. But I would have some sort of bear spray, pepper spray, something with you to where if you did have something along those lines happen, you've got the ability to not only to defend yourself against wild animals, but against other individuals if it were to come to that. So I'm just somebody where I want to have that sidearm available just to be on the safe side. I think John would probably agree. And that is a personal preference. Uh, this is like talking about what car do you drive? What, what truck do you drive? What off-road vehicle do you use? What, you know, what poncho do you buy? This is personal preference. I won't get into all of the you know, ancillary things involving that. This really does come down to a personal preference and what you want. But again, we'll have all this listed up on our website, ready-radio.com. Producer Ann will put everything John and I talked about up on that. Again, this has been a live show on May the 26th, the Friday before Memorial Day weekend. So honor those that gave their all for us this Memorial Day weekend. So whatever you're doing, just remember, somebody sacrificed their all so we could have the freedoms that we have. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.